0: It is time for around the 412 with Smitty and Tyler. Welcome back to another episode of the Around the 412 Steelers show. I am Tyler. With me as always is my co-host Smitty. Be sure to go to follow us on all of our social medias at Around the 412. And whether you're listening on a listening platform like Spotify or Apple Music or no apple podcast excuse me or youtube go check out the description we've got links to everything custom designs it's our friend Haley wagner small business she does customized clothing for you guys um we have a facebook and an etsy link so if you want to go ch- check that out it's in linked on every single show we do and like i said this is the steelers show alexa you can start playing in the arms of the angel um mm how i was happy yeah, opening up last week's show. yeah there it is there it is <laughs> um how i was happy opening up last week's show because we got an extra week of football that extra mm-hmm. week was abruptly ended by the buffalo bills um it was extended by a day though because because yeah. of inclement weather so we got mm-hmm. a little bit more time with the steelers season but you know uh the steelers fall to the buffalo bills 31 to 17 steelers f- season is officially over
1: yeah I, i'll be honest uh in that game obviously didn't start out in the best way they fall down 21 <clears> nothing <throat> knew it was gonna be hard to climb up yeah, they had a tall mountain to climb to begin with as soon as this game kicked off um you did you pre- i can't even remember going back to last week the predictions? did you predict them to upset buffalo 24 to 23 th- with a walk-off okay they'll yep. oh yeah wow well, yeah okay now i remember that because i was thinking like man how dramatic would that be um i i, I thought it would be more competitive the entire way than it was but I do appreciate the way that those Steelers fought back I think like that kind of goes to show the resiliency that they showed as a group despite everything that happened with them this year and that's not me making an excuse for the injuries they suffered because it seemed like man league-wide there was just injuries uh, in this game, we saw Buffalo lose more starters on their mm-hmm. Like they were, they were undermanned themselves, and they lost even more guys <sighs> in this game. Um, but just a testament to me to the way that the Steelers kind of always rally around, and and, and they never give up. Um, so I appreciate that aspect, even at one point making it a one-possession game after Calvin's Austin's touchdown to make it a 21, or was it 21-14 at the time, or not? 24-17 at the time it made it. Um, but yeah, they do fall. Their season is over, and with that, You know, comes a lot of questions about potential changes going into the next season. And basically, immediately, (laughs) we got into that because Tomlin was asked about it, you know, with just one. Well, tried to be asked about it with just one year left on his contract before the question could leave Brooke Pryor's lips. Mike Tomlin was off the podium and out the door walking off um and alan and i had a conversation about this and i get we, we have two different perspectives and that's why i wanted specifically to ask him on there uh what his thought was because he is on the media side i'm on the fan side this was just my opinion of it i thought that would be a type of question better suited for like tomlin is speaking tomorrow his end of season press conference to me that is the time and place for it not necessarily right after you just lose a playoff game. Um, Excuse me. So I could understand the frustration now, still unexpected in my, in my opinion for Tomlin to do that. Um, I would have thought he would give a non-answer or just say it's not on his mind right now. Something along those lines, as opposed to just walking off personally, I love the move. But if I was the one asking the questioner in that room, I could see how it would be taken as like a slap in the face.
0: So what did Alan say from a media perspective?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, th- kind of what I he didn't think it was like a slap in the face, I guess, necessarily. But he was like, he, she has every right to ask that question. And that's like somebody was going to ask that question. She
0: has every right, but he has every right to do what he did, too. That's that's the way I'd look at it. Um, I can get why it would be annoying for Tomlin to have to to deal with that right after a loss. Uh, I'm sure Tomlin has even whether it's uh, from a media people, people ask him about it or just behind closed doors. He's heard about how this is going to be his last year of his contract a lot. Um, I'm sure he's probably not blind to all the talks about whether people want him back or whether he cares or not. That's another thing, but whether he sees it, I think that's a whole different thing. I think he definitely notices when people talk about his job. Um, Mm -hmm. So, I mean, yeah, I, I thought the move was funny more than anything. Um, just just seeing him walk away mid-sentence was, was pretty comical in my eyes. Um, but, yeah, at the end of the day, he answered the question ultimately, or at least it sounds like he's going to be coming back. And I feel like Steeler fans are probably going to be pretty split on how they feel about that, despite getting to the postseason and um, having a, a strong finish to your season. I, I feel like the the Steeler fans, the Steeler fan base, is going to be pretty split on whether they want Tomlin back or not. And honestly, I'm I'm pretty split on it just internally with myself because it's to me it's like how you could always do worse. Like you, there's no guarantee that your next coach is going to be better than what Tomlin could bring you. But it almost feels like the Steelers are at a point now where it just feels like they're perennially going to be like a nine and eight. 10 and seven football team that gets bounced in the first round unless something changes and if tom is not going to change there needs to be major shakeup to roster personnel and coaching staff below him so it just it just feels like the Steelers are at a point where they need to make some sort of change i i don't think they're that far off of being a really good team and i think that at times you could see that in a game like they had against the bills and when you when you look at obviously everybody's suffering injuries but you look at some of the injuries they had defensively all year and then look at the struggles they had offensively and the whole drama with the coordinator and the quarterbacks if you're able to solve some of that I feel like the Steelers are at a pretty good place but until they're able to solve that and who knows if Tomlin's going to be the guy to be able to solve that it just feels like something's got to give at one point because it feels like to me for the last several years they are going to be a Average in the terms of like, like nine and eight is pretty much as close to average as you can get, like just one win above five hundred um as you can get with a seventeen game season, and then one bounce down in the playoffs. Like I, I just don't feel like the Steelers, unless there's a, a big shakeup at some point, whether that's head coach, quarterback, coordinator, whoever it's going to be, is going to be a real contender until something happens.
1: Yeah, I understand that perspective. And I think that a lot of fans do feel that way, you know, feeling like they're basically stuck. You know, how many times are we going to see the exact same story play out the way that it did this year? And, you know, it's interesting because it's like everybody always, okay, so he's now eight and 10 playoff record. Um, But it's just funny because you would almost, because you're so sick of hearing about it, or at least I am, you would almost rather rather have them miss the playoffs because it doesn't give him the opportunity to add a playoff loss to a superior team like the Buffalo bills. Now, sure. There are some bad playoff losses in there, but like, to me, this isn't one that you can attribute so like put it on coaching. Like to me, the entire reason they lost this game was they shot themselves in the foot early with the George Pickens fumble Mason Rudolph interception in the end zone. To me, those aren't coaching things. Um, and uh, I understand the defensive deficiencies in the last five playoff games for sure. Like, the biggest thing to me that's, that's curious is the takeaways. Just two takeaways in their last five playoff games. Both of them came in that loss to Kansas City, but they've given the ball away ten times, which is a complete inverse of what they do in the regular season. So why has that been? so different in the playoffs is, is what I want to know. It's not that you can answer that question or anything. I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm throwing it out there because it makes no sense to me that they have a 10 to two turnover differential against them. When is that, when that is the complete opposite of what they've been in the regular season as a football team. Um, I'm on board with Tom I'm coming back. And this is a, for the time being thing because of the other stuff that you kind of mentioned there, I'm okay with Tomlin coming back. I'm on board with it depending on whatever everything else that takes place. Like you gotta, you gotta commit in my opinion to the offensive side of the football for sure. And what, what I mean by that is the staff, uh, the offensive coordinator, but not only that, I think you got to turn the page at quarterback coach. I think you got to turn the page at wide receivers coach. I think you got to turn the page at offensive line coach. I'm okay with Eddie Faulkner, obviously remaining the running batch coach. I think he's, maybe the best uh, position coach that they have. Um, and then Alfredo Roberts, who's the tight ends coach, I think he's fine. You know, like, I feel like he's brought Friermuth along okay. Uh, Darnell Washington was fine as a rookie um, for what he was giving you. And Connor Hayward, who was a late-round pick, I feel like is, is an asset to the team as well. So I think that he's fine to keep around too. But yeah, Tomlin staying, in my opinion, is, is fine. Uh, but there needs to be a lot of change around him returning
0: yeah i'm looking at their past records and just just kind of like if if what i'm thinking or how i feel is actually the case and it, it pretty much is since 2018 they have finished right around like the hovering around the 500 or it's just like what i would consider like a above average team or like above mediocre team like 2018 they go nine six and one miss playoffs 2019, eight and eight, they missed playoffs. 2020 is the outlier here, but that was the weird year where they started eleven and zero, but then mm-hmm. they lost five out of their last six games, and they went and lost in the wild cards to the Browns. I mean that that terrible finish to that year, but it, it's just that seems like the outlier of the the recent stretch because in 2021 they were nine seven and one, lost in the wild cards to the, that game in, in Kansas City. Last year didn't make playoffs, nine and eight. This year they were ten and seven, obviously lost to the Bills. But it just feels like we've been kind of repeating the same season over again, over and over and over again since that last, like, actual playoff run, if you want to call it. They had in, in 2017 whenever we still had the killer bees and we lost to Jacksonville um, still only like, played one playoff game, though, still only played high. in one playoff game because of the buy. Yeah. But then, like in the but then the year before that, they at least like they made the AFC Championship and everything. Like it, it mm-hmm. feels like ever since that that couple year run where they went to the AFC Championship, lost to the Patriots, and then played Jacksonville, lost, but they won their division. They were thirteen and three. It just feels like there hasn't been that much improvement of the team. Like it, obviously, obviously, like different positions have gotten better, but I mean, just overall as a team. It's kind of been the same story and the same narrative every single year, as far as like what kind of record they ended up having and what kind of playoff success they ended up having if they got to the playoffs. Like I just feel like the Steelers are almost in limbo. Not saying that that's because of Tomlin, but just because of a lot of decisions that have been made um, by by the organization, not just him. I and I, I
1: think I think to be honest, the biggest culprit of where the Steelers are at other than like cuz i don't think that the roster's necessarily been very good like sh- to be uh you know fringe wildcard team or whatever sure but i think that it's a product of Tomlin to even be able to get this team the roster that as constructed to the playoffs like i think no business winning 10 games this year when you look at what they finished with no business winning 9 games last year Norris Hell shouldn't have won eight games in 2019 when you lost, Ben. So, like, I'll hear the arguments for sure about can they still get to the big one, win the big one with him as the head coach, especially with the staff that's been around him in this time being. But I think without question, what nobody can debate is that he elevates the floor of a football team. Definitely. If you want to say that the ceiling might be lower, okay, like, I don't necessarily, I can't dispute that. But what I can dispute is the floor part because I just I think top to bottom, when you look at some of these rosters, no business being over 500. And while I understand that that's not the goal, 17 straight seasons of being at least 500, while he won't talk about it, he hates when people bring it up, and it's not the goal just to be 500, is super impressive for that reason. There's no reason that some of these rosters should have been 500.
0: Yeah, I mean the the one that really sticks out is still that 2019 season to me when they lost Ben in the second game of the season, and you have yeah. Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges, and you still ended up finishing at eight and eight. I I, I thought that that was uh, full credit to Tomlin and the way he was able to to raise that team up from what they had that season. But it's still like I'm not, and this is not me saying that I I think it's fine that Tomlin is coming back. I just want to get that out because everything that I say is probably going to sound contradicted to that but like when you don't win a playoff game since 2016 and you've played in several since that time and going back to winning multiple playoff games you have to go back to when they lost the Super Bowl against Green Bay I mean it 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 is kind of frustrating from an like watching this organization just not have postseason success and obviously I know and not every team's gonna have postseason success and several teams have way longer postseason droughts than we've had as as far as winning a game I mean the Detroit Lions just won their first game in 32 years in the postseason so what how am I gonna complain about like eight years but regardless of that, I just feel like the steel something has to be a major change for the Steelers and if it's not going to be Mike Tomlin it has to be. His coaching staff, and it has to be personnel. If it's me, I am fully exploring a third option at quarterback next year that goes along with Mason Rudolph. If you think he's going to be back, and Kenny Pickett, I, I, just, I, I, I even said in a, cu- a couple weeks ago that I thought that the biggest problem of the offense up to this point was the quarterback, and I thought that was proven after seeing what Mason was able to do in the same exact offense that Mr. Trubisky and Kenny Pickett weren't able to do. So if quarterback's going to change. And obviously, there's coaching staff decisions that have to change, but there has to be a huge fundamental identity change offensively. And then defensively, I mean, you're just still going to have to continue to get better. And uh, honestly, this season, the defense wouldn't have been that bad except for you lost key players over the middle. You were had several weeks this season without Minka Fitzpatrick, you didn't have TJ Watt oh. in this playoff game. I mean, there are several areas. Cam Hayward was hurt for a while. That... I, I
1: would say really the entire season, they didn't actually have, they might have been on the field at times, but they really didn't have Cam Hayward or Minka Fitzpatrick this year Yeah, as themselves.
0: Yeah. I mean, and every team struggles with that, but you can understand why the defense was the way it was. When you when you look at they, what they've lost, and it's not just like recently, it's 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 for the majority of the season that they they struggled the way they did.
1: And here's the thing, and it's going to sound like I'm making excuses and I get it. I just think it's important to add context every step of the way. So when you look at every playoff game that's taken place since they last won one, which was like you mentioned, so we could start with the 2016 AFC championship game where they didn't have either running back available because of injuries. Le'Veon Bell hurt his groin. He went in with an injury and then re-aggravated that groin injury in the game. Um,
0: Man, they 2000s. were playing the- New England and Foxborough. They were never going to win that game yeah, anyway. Yeah,
1: right. I just <laughs> I just wanted to go down the list. Uh, 2017, yeah. you know, that was the year, unfortunately, Ryan Shazier got hurt, and we pulled Sean Spence off the couch, played 80% of the snaps uh, after not being in football, and they give up 45 points at home to Blake Bortles. Uh, despite scoring now, despite scoring 42, still to me, they let Jacksonville get out to a 21 nothing lead. One of those was a pick six by Ben. And that's another part of it. Like nobody talks about how poorly Ben has played in the latter portion of his career in the playoffs. Because if you look at his numbers, he's a big part of the reason that they haven't won a playoff game in a long time, in my opinion. Um, 2018, they completely missed the playoffs. So uh, why did that happen? I, the offense was still pretty good. I think that they didn't have the secondary. And at that point, they hadn't even tried to replace uh, Ryan Shazier because it wasn't until the following year where they traded up for Devin Bush in 2019. Your Ben gets hurt. So obviously they didn't make the playoffs that year either. Not really much to say with there. 2020. They make the playoffs. Obviously, that's the collapse year. Um, kind of a mirage in my, I think everybody feels that way. You know, nobody expected them to be 11-0. and 0. They didn't look like an 11-0 football team while they were. Um, but I thought they were still an okay football team. I definitely think that they were a playoff caliber football team that year. Uh, and once again, you know, Cleveland jumps out to like a three-possession lead before we blink in the playoffs. Like, that to me has been the story of the playoffs for the Steelers every season since they last won one is the offense turns the football over the defense doesn't take it away. And for whatever reason, they give up a, bu- a bunch of points. doesn't matter who's on the field. Um, 2021, the loss to the Chiefs. I mean, come on. Did anybody expect that that football team had a shot going to Kansas City? I, there's not even much to say. No, it didn't matter if everything went right for them in that game. As a matter of fact, everything went right for about a quarter. We jumped out to a 7-0 lead off a Kansas City turnover that T.J. Watt took back to the house. T.J. Watt tips one in the air that Devin Bush intercepts. They had like what, six straight three and outs or something to start that game? Pittsburgh was doing everything that you could have asked for defensively. That offense just was giving them nothing early in that game, and then eventually the defense kind of was worn down. And that was when the Chiefs still had Tyree Kill to take the top off against us as well. And then this past game um, where it was a team that was on their third quarterback for us, Uh, no T.J. Watt. And again, Minka Fitzpatrick and Kim Hayward were on the field but that was not the two players that we've come to know actually out there. So I just wanted to go game by game and look at what has really happened with these teams. Sure. You could make the case that they should have won at least one playoff game somewhere in there. Uh, The Cleveland one's probably the biggest letdown just because of the ammunition that it gave them since then. But uh, yeah, here we are. I can understand the desire for change for sure. I think something Mm -hmm. has to take place. I'm not sure that it had to be the head coach. Uh, I told you on here weeks ago, it was probably after like the Patriots. I know it was after the Colts loss that I would be okay. If they made a change potentially even on board with, depending on what it would mean for the rest of the coaching staff. If they go outside, if they go outside the organization, if they make a conscious effort to really improve this offensive coaching staff, then I'm fully on board with Tomlin being back. But if it's like, again, going to be the same type of deal that we've seen, with this offense for years, then I'll go back on my word there because I would have rather have seen a more drastic shakeup, even if it meant bottoming out for a couple of years because Tomlin isn't here to elevate a bad roster to eight wins, nine wins.
0: Bloody well, Faulkners did pretty good. We maybe just maybe elevate him to OC. How about that?
1: You know, I do. That, I do that, appreciate that's what I
0: fully expect. As like, for, if they no, they kept no with like way. Steelers perspective, like, yeah, that's.
1: Because That's here's how here's I, the thing. I
0: think they process things. They just can't help themselves.
1: I just, I can't see it. Like, I, I really believe that it's finally going to happen where they make a conscious effort to that side of the football. Just because I, I just don't think that the blinders are on now. Like, I, I think before the Steelers could trick themselves because of the results, I just, I think that the the vision is more clear now than ever on the offensive side of the football, things need to change. Like, I I don't think that you fire Matt Canada in season (laughs) if you're okay with the way things are going offensively. That to me immediately signaled, no matter what they do the rest of the year, they're going outside the organization. They're doing something different. Once the season's over Uh, all credit to Eddie Faulkner and Mike Sullivan, because I actually thought that they put together some pretty decent game plans down the stretch here. Um, And they were out of their comfort zone. And I appreciate that. But, yeah, I, I think Eddie Faulkner can stay on. I would actually promote Eddie Faulkner. Alan brought this up. I thought it was a good point. I think he's deserving of a promotion. You know, you can make him like the running backs coach slash, uh, you know, assistant head coach or make him an associate coach or something like that or uh, run game coordinator. Give him a different title. Give him a pay raise. Stay on the staff. Great. Mike Sullivan, I would be replacing as well. I mean, <clears throat> you you fired Matt Canada largely because of the lack of development of Kenny Pickett. Who's his position coach? Why is he still here? So I think Mike Sullivan has to go too. In any way, when you hire a new offensive coordinator, you got to think for the most part, they're going to want to bring in their own offensive staff. So who knows if any of these offensive coaches will be back.
0: Yeah, that's true. I wanted to bring up another thing that I was thinking about while I was watching the game, and then I was thinking about it after. And it's that football is an unfair game now. It is not a fair game in the sense of how the game is officiated and how that react makes the players react to playing. It is unfair in the sense that it is harder now than it ever has been to play defense, and it's way easier to be an offensive player in today's NFL than it is a defensive player. It is so much easier to play the game as an offensive player. Because the way that this – not just this referee staff, but just the NFL referees in general, the way that they officiate the game now, the way the rules are written, it is so much harder to play as a defensive player because you don't know how to tackle or where to tackle them or when you should tackle them, anything like that. And the perfect examples I look at are – I, while i i don't know that josh allen was quote unquote faking his slide like i he didn't do what kenny pickett did where he went to a knee and then came back up like but the stuttering it was like the the players kind of froze for a second and it's hard to really blame them in in that sense because if you touch the quarterback it's automatically 15 yards if he actually goes down and so when he does that and then he scores that 52 yard touchdown i mean you people get pissed at the players but it's almost like they they have to be hesitant because it's harder to play defense because they don't know if they're going to get flagged for that. And then when you see what happens later in the game where Miles Jack, and if we're just being completely honest, as far as light hit goes, that wasn't bad. Um, but like, what is Miles Jack supposed to do in that sense where he's just like, earlier in this game, we saw this guy stutter and take it to the house. How am I supposed to do that? it, it is Football is unfair now if you are a defensive player because you don't look at that. And then everybody looks at the way that the knee injury, what what game was it that the knee injury? The Rams, happened? Tyler Higby Yeah. It's like, I understand that people are upset about that hit, but that's the way you're telling DBs to tackle people, especially big guys like Tyler Hidby, big tight ends. You were telling them to go at their legs and whether you want to call it dirty or not, I'm not going to necessarily say whether it was dirty or not, but, I am saying that is how the NFL has written that they want people to tackle people. They want them to go for their legs. They don't want them to go at their head. And it's just, it's unfair for defensive players to have to play in the construct of the game as it currently is. I just think it makes it so much harder for them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's a product of the league understanding what sells they they want these games to have as most point like it's catered to offense it's all about points and what excites the fans um but it's funny cuz in turn you know we end up having conversations like this i think every fan complains about officiating crews and then you start conversations about people saying things are fixed they're rigged or whatever not like the officials are just bad like that that's what it is um and it's it's catered to offense so, uh, yeah, I, I completely agree with that, um, that it's never been harder to play defense in the NFL. Um, I feel like we got to touch on this at least briefly. I don't know that we're going to have like an in-depth conversation on it, but Mason Rudolph, all credit to him, started the last four games of the Steelers season, um, three to get them into the playoffs and then the playoff game. And in this game started out very poorly, thought he, you know, played better as the game went on, um kept it competitive. He thought he battled the whole time. Testament to him. Um, But today, Deontay Johnson was kind of talking about it. Mason Rudolph is a free agent and said, you know, he wasn't surprised by what Mason did. It's kind of, he feels like it's always been in there. Think about it. Mason played, 2019 was the year ben got hurt mason played a lot of football in 2019 you know him and duck kind of split in time uh which was Deontay johnson's rookie year so you could argue that that was really like his first quarterback that he developed a relationship with um but he kind of went to bat for mason and i don't know if people are taking his quote the wrong way or if he tr- what he truly meant by it but basically said that he would like to see him get the job next year now when he said that, is he meaning like a hey, j like does he want just want him back on the Steelers roster? Or is he talking about he wants him to be the starting quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers? Um I, I don't know how to take that. Uh I don't know how Kenny Pickett is going to feel about that. To be honest with you, I don't necessarily care how Kenny Pickett feels about it. I like, um who
0: cares how Kenny Pickett feels about it? <laughs>
1: For being completely but, honest. But you know, this is just a couple days after the season ends, and you've got uh, Deontay Johnson potentially advocating for the guy who started this season as QB three returning to be the starting quarterback for the team. What are your thoughts on this? Uh,
0: if you would have told me in twenty, really any stretch between twenty twenty to twenty to before this season or even at the start of this season, mid-season, in, in, uh, in October of the 2023 season, November of the 2023 season.
1: Basically, so before, be
0: about, basically before Mason Rudolph stepped into a game this season, <laughs> anywhere between yeah. that, then and that 2019 season, if you would have said that we'd be talking about in 2024, Mason coming back as the starter for this team, I would not have believed you. I would have thought you're nuts. And here we are. I can't believe that I, I was actually thinking about that in my head. I was like, when was Mason drafted? This was his sixth season with the Steelers, which yeah. is absolutely crazy because I mean, it doesn't feel like It's it, like the third
1: third longest tenured, I believe. You got Cam, you got TJ, and then you got him and Chooks. Yeah, class.
0: It's, it is a, it's wild to believe that he stuck around that long. And you know what? As far as the quote goes, I have no idea what Deontay Johnson means. But if if he does intend to mean that he wants him back to compete for that starting spot or like get the starting spot, I can't really blame him because they were winning football games. And they were winning football games consistently. Obviously, they've lost this playoff game to the Bills, but they went 3-0 and going into the postseason with Mason Rudolph under center. The offense, while maybe it didn't look hugely different statistically, but they also scored... 30-plus games in two of the games. They had more of a rhythm, I felt like, for the majority of that, and whether that's Mason Rudolph being the, the factor for that or them actually finding out an identity and just learning they need just to run the football um, probably goes hand-in-hand hand there. But I I can't blame a player, especially a player that benefits from Mason Rudolph being in there, play saying that he wants to see him back because they won football games. The offense looked and felt – a lot different than it did in the weeks prior, especially when Mitch Trubisky was in there. And at most of the time, whenever Kenny Pickett was in there. So I cannot blame a player for wanting him back. Whether the Steelers are going to do that or not, I think that's an interesting conversation to have because you would assume that Mitch Trubisky's gone. There's there's no oh, way yeah. that he's a Steeler next year. Absolutely wow. no way. And are you really going to run into... Unless The only way I see Mason Rudolph not come back is if they do bring in somebody like a Kirk Cousins or someone where it's like, okay, we're bringing this guy in, he is our starter, Kenny, you're the backup, and then they bring in another guy to to be their third-string quarterback, like whether it's a a mid- or late-round draft guy or whoever it's going to be. That's the only way that I don't see Mason back. Otherwise, if you're rolling into next year with Kenny Pickett as your penciled-down starter, and then you're going to bring in another draft guy or something – I feel like Mason Rudolph has to be on the roster because you saw that he's able to operate the offense and could be an insurance policy just in case something happens to Kenny Pickett. Or if he, even if he wins the starting job, he could be the starter. But it all depends on what their quarterback plan is outside of Mason Rudolph. I think it really boils down to how they're viewing their starting quarterback position next year where you're going to have to either get one of these older guys that are proven starters and they would come in and be your starter right away. But if they're not going to do that, I think Mason has to come back.
1: Okay. So we're not on the same side here. And I feel like it's it's rare. Because you're talking about the quarterback room, and I get that. I'm looking at it being assumingly a very different offense, a different offensive coordinator. So and Kenny Pickett being back, I feel like it's just like it's gonna happen because of his contract status.
0: Well so, yeah. I think,
1: I think you build the room with Kenny Pickett a vet in a mid round draft pick. If that offense is going to look very different, that offensive coordinator is going to want that veteran quarterback to be somebody that's either very familiar with the system or somebody that can run that offense. Could it be Mason Rudolph? Potentially. I just, it's going to be somebody in my opinion that has some type of connection to that specific offensive coordinator, or at least something similar to that system. I just, I don't see it. And I, and I think the stuff with Mason Rudolph, again, while I appreciate it, the small sample size, they're very familiar with this guy. He's been around since 2018, and he started out as the number three quarterback on their depth chart this year. I don't think that they necessarily view him very highly. I think that's why he started out as the number three quarterback. I took Mitch Trubisky playing as poorly as he did for Mason to get into the lineup. I don't think that they're going to let a three, because I don't really think that he, again, I appreciate the the battle. In the playoff game, for sure, but I don't think he was good in that game. I don't think they're going to let such a small sample size of decent quarterback play end up giving a guy like a you know a two year fifteen million dollar contract or something like that, which is probably what he could get somewhere in the seven to ten million dollar range as a backup quarterback. Just it, it's hard for me to believe unless it's like the perfect fit for whoever the offensive coordinator being brought in is.
0: Yeah. And and I'm just looking at it as, like, lack of quarterbacks that that you –
1: Yeah, I understand what you're saying. And I I probably should have, before asking you that, brought up the thing about the offensive coordinator because that might not even have been on your mind because I get that he ran their offense for 2023 better than any quarterback, but the offense for 2024 could be a completely different offense that he's also never been in.
0: So we need a better backup to run that offense whenever Kenny sucks. (laughs)
1: <laughs> who who knows what it's it's also intriguing to me just because you know this offensive coordinator that they bring in they're not going to have any time are they going to want to tie the their career because that's like a stepping stone position offensive coordinator you hope to parlay that uh into becoming a head coach are they going to want to bank on the development of Kenny Pickett and being able to make him look serviceable as an NFL quarterback to be their stepping stone as a head coach? No. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't. I I would not. What what, is, what has Kenny Pickett shown in two years of being an NFL starter that would give you promise if you're an offensive coordinator?
1: Yeah, like a, a decent game against the Bengals and uh, – and he two back-to-back okay. game-winning
0: drives against the Ra- the Raiders and the Ravens. His his rookie season.
1: Yeah, yeah. Some moments in the fourth quarter and uh, one and a quarter games post Matt Canada.
0: I mean, I, I'm out on Kenny. I I really am. I yeah. until further I mean, notice, and ba- basically meaning like until he actually shows that he can be a comp- a competent quarterback in the NFL. I'm out on him as a Steelers future. I'm out on him as a Steelers starter and I am willing to give any other quarterback a shot because any any of the past games of Kenny Pickett has proven to me that like he has he, he doesn't have it. He he does not have what yeah. it takes to be the Steelers franchise quarterback.
1: I feel like some more Kenny conversation could come up when we get to our questions, but the last thing I want to bring up before we get to our questions uh is Cam Hayward. Um 22.4 million dollars next year if he is back and I say is Last year, of his deal obviously getting up there in age, dealt with a ton of injuries. This year, was a shell of himself. Did not have a single sack this year. Just seven tackles for loss. Uh, very disappointing for him. Obviously, didn't contribute the way that he would he would anticipate or fans would expect. What happens with Cam Hayward? Was this the end of the road? Do you think is he does he try to get healthy and come back next year? Is it on? The, I, I can't. He's not going to be back at twenty two point four million dollars. They would either give him like. A one year in extension or something like that. They're going to move money around for sure. But was this the end of the line for cam Hayward or is he going to be back in 2024?
0: That's tough because I, to me and obviously I don't know cam Hayward at all, but to me, mm. I feel like the only thing that would bring him out of playing would be if it's too hard for him or uh, just too much of an effort to come back from injury this time. Like if, if it's because yeah. he he wasn't healthy like he was playing but he wasn't healthy and if it if it takes too much or if it's too much for him to be able to to come back from this injury and play at his highest level again if he can even reach that highest level again then i i i understand canny we're not coming back but otherwise I it's it's uh, I know it's it's these franchise guys. It's hard to imagine them them ever being gone. I and mean, we we went through the same thing with Ben. Obviously the Ben the writing was on the wall for the end, and it seems like that could be the case upcoming with Cam Hayward. It's obviously they won't come back at that number, but I just I have a hard time envisioning that he's not going to be on the Steelers next year. I I just I have a I have a tough time thinking about that unless the injuries are just too much for him.
1: Yeah, Alan brought up, I mean, this was a conversation that we had on afternoon drive today because we were going through, uh, if anybody wants to check that out, what we did today was went through f- their free agents and said whether or not they'd be back um, along with Cam Hayward and Larry Ogan, like some potential cut candidates as well and said if they would be back. Also did some coaching staff guys. So, um, but what I told Alan today was, I'm real big on vibes, and uh, I just feel like that was it. I don't know why. I just feel like that was it. That was the end of the road for Cam Hayward, and Alan did not agree with that. He thinks that he is back, but he said there certainly was like a difference this year, uh, not just like the typical end-of-season stuff from Cam, where he's like, you know, I just got to take it day by day and see where I'm at. This year, it's like, man, I don't know if my body's going to cooperate with me wanting to come back. And Cam has said in the past that he's not going to just keep playing because of, like, his name. Like, if he feels like he can't perform anymore, uh, he's not just going to keep playing. And he wasn't able to practice much this year. If that's going to be the case next year, if he's not going to be able to be, like, a full participant in training camp and have to take multiple days off because of his age and injury, uh, he doesn't think that he's going to want to do it. And that's, that's kind of where I'm coming from. So uh, I love Cam. I If he's able to be healthy and come back, great. But uh, as we sit here right now, I do think that we've seen the last snap as Cam Hayward as a Steeler.
0: It's crazy. That whole 2010s era is going to be coming to an mm-hmm. end. Really TJ without.
1: Watt will be the longest tenured Steeler. Yeah. Man, and we started this podcast – Uh, A couple months after TJ was drafted, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So crazy, crazy to think about. Uh, But we will see uh, what the future holds for Cam Hayward as time goes on. Let's get into some questions. Uh, We asked uh, our ex followers for some questions uh, for tonight's show. Uh, this one could be real quick. Alex said, do you think they would draft me? Absolutely not. That would be a terrible move. Kevin Colbert might've Omar Khan would not much better GM situation now, uh, than the Steelers <laughs> had the last few years of Kevin Colbert's tenure. So, uh, Sarge, who do you think would be the best overall hang? And I, I, literally, I thought that I had to read this again, cause I thought like I was misreading something from the Steelers, uh, from a nerd aspect. I think it's cam, but overall vibes, I might say the Herbigs. Love the Herbic shout, by the way. Um, Great follows on Instagram if you are a food person, because I feel like they are literally always cooking. They're always together. They have a ton of fun together. The brothers, but they're also very clearly best friends. I think I would fit right in with them. So I love that for sure. Uh, I got, and you know, I know I'm very biased here, um, but I'm going to say E Rob, my guy, Landon Roberts. Seems like a super cool dude. Everything that I hear from Allen, that inside linebacker room just has a ton of fun together. Um, he is an absolute hammer on the field and apparently like off the field, he's basically the same. So, uh, I would say and Roberts would love to spend some time with him. What do you think? I don't know why my, my gut reaction just says Najee.
0: Like, hmm. and maybe I don't, that's know, if, I don't per- know if
1: Najee would want that. Cause he's a very reserved person. Well,
0: so. I would say maybe that's my personality. <laughs> I feel like Najee and I, okay, yeah. Najee and I would mesh well together. Because it's not like I, I'm not a very uh, outgoing, I guess, person in terms of being like an extrovert and stuff. I feel like Najee is very similar to that, but I don't know. I just, I feel like Najee and I could vibe well together. Another one that is more, I, I feel like just because of vibes is Connor Hayward, Cam's little brother. Uh, I feel Maybe like he would bring good vibes. Commercial.
1: <laughs> Maybe. You know Maybe. Who, have you seen that commercial? Uh-uh okay uh it might just be because it's like a local thing but yeah the moxon writer friend of the show is the one that the that did that commercial oh with really the yeah that's cool
0: that's cool and also i mean the one that is just because or there's a few just because of uh friends of the show but you know like minka fitzpatrick alice highsmith the, that would just be yeah, the, the around the 412 hangout.
1: <laughs> yeah uh you know so Do we have any other current like on can...
0: on the roster that have been on our show
1: no, I don't believe so this so. might be
0: the only two current guys.
1: Mm hmm. I mean, JPJ would be cool. Obviously Gotta change that. Yeah.
0: JPJ or JPJ's dad.
1: Both. <laughs> I've been in the presence of Joey Porter. Oh, yeah. Uh Yeah. Actually, just this past year at the tailgate that he was at and I was also at. Nice. Um, But yeah, that's my answer for that. Sarge has this same question for the Penguins as well. So be prepared for that um but yeah there's our answer sarge let us know what your, your uh uh he said might do the herbage. can i Handle pick an nfl herbage. player by the way just not yeah, sure. not
0: not not steelers just nfl and this yeah. is definitely has some bias is it to kyler it
1: kyler murray so you play call of duty
0: no <laughs> no uh, but, <laughs> but this definitely has some bias to it if you know me but jamal oh, williams
1: yeah he's awesome Actually, I knew that you were going to say I thought you were gonna say Puka, but I shouldn't anywhere to say Jamal Williams. Jamal, Jamal Williams is awesome. Josh. I would Jamal say if we're going NFL wide, just Justin dude. Jefferson. Justin Jefferson, okay. that's a good one too. Yeah. Okay. Um Jamar Chase. Eddie, and I know why Eddie said this. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Steelers taking a flyer on Joe Milton? So he asked me about how I would feel if they like drafted Joe Milton in like the third round or something like that. I hate Joe it. Milton. Joe Milton is one of two quarterbacks that I've actually watched so far because in my mind, I've had that the Steelers are going to draft a quarterback in like the middle rounds. So I've watched Michael Pratt a two Tulane, like three games that I could find. And I've watched four games of Joe Milton up to this point. I want nothing to do with Joe Milton. He's got the size. He's got the arm. He's got like athletically. If you were building a quarterback, he's basically Anthony Richardson. If Anthony, if Richardson Anthony Richards like, without football, the talent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was
0: exa- whenever I saw Eddie tweet that, and I was thinking about what I would say about Joe Milton. He's Anthony. That's literally what I said: is that he's Anthony Richardson without the talent, like without the yeah. upside. He's if you just took Anthony Richardson's build, all, like everything about him, and just made mm-hmm. a mediocre player instead of yeah. like a, a NFL player.
1: Yeah, and instead of an alien. Um, yeah, and I feel vindicated by this because Eddie reached out to Ramon, Ramon Tennessee guy. Uh, and he basically said, "Yeah, like he likes the like he has the toolbox, for sure, but he doesn't know how to use them, so he wants nothing to do with him either." So that's where we're at.
0: I mean, when we're taking Tennessee quarterbacks. I'm calling in Josh Dobbs to be another backup again. Before I want (laughs) you on the team, I'm just being completely honest.
1: Like, there's certainly a point in the draft where it could get, excuse me, get to where I'd be like, "All right, whatever," but like in the third round, you're still what seventh round, Tribune. Um. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Honestly, like they could take him in the fifth, and I'd be like, okay, whatever. But like, definitely not before that.
0: There might even be guys in the fifth I'd rather have.
1: I'm sure there would be, and I I would be like, ah, like why are we ta- doing th- why are we doing this? But I wouldn't be like, it wouldn't be like if they took him in the first three rounds. Um. Do the Steelers make an actual attempt to keep Mason around or do you give him a relatively low ball number just to say we tried or do they forego that and not even try? Who is your ideal pick at 20 as of right now? This comes from Tyler Hernley. So we've kind of touched on the Mason stuff. Yeah, we um, kind of talked about it. Um, I, I do think that they'll offer him something to come back. I think that he's going to have a better offer than what that is somewhere else. Um. Because I, I think that they're going to go into next season spoiler alert. This isn't necessarily what I want them to do. I think Kenny Pickett's the starter opening week in 2024. I think it's him. It's a veteran that makes sense for the offensive system and it's a mid round draft pick. I just I don't think that Mason Rudolph wants to be in that situation where you have what they hope is the future, a guy that they're developing behind in case Kenny isn't the future and gets a shot and he's stuck in the middle there. So I think Mason could go somewhere else as a backup, make himself somewhere between seven to $10 million a year. Don't think that's with the Steelers. Who is my ideal pick at 20 as of right now? Um, You know, I really haven't dug too much into the draft stuff yet. Like I mentioned, I've watched two quarterbacks, watched a little bit of the corners, uh, I, I want to get on the tackles pretty soon here. Mims is the guy that I really want to watch first because I think that he could be around in that range. Um, Cooper DeGene out of Iowa would be awesome because of the versatility plays inside outside could also play safety for them a little bit too. Maybe Patrick Peterson's future would dictate if that makes sense for them. Uh, and then you also get a return guy out of it in the process, but, uh, he's a really good player. Um, Either of the Bama corners, if either of them were available. I mean, Terry and Arnold's not going to be available, but like Kool Aid McKinstry would be cool as well. Um, that's a that's an all maybe Wig- all, all pro name right there. Kool Aid McKinstry, yeah, yeah, for sure. I actually thought he was going to be like kind of coming into this football season, he was the guy that everybody thought would be the top cornerback. Now I don't know. He maybe an argument that he's like three or four. Uh, Nate Wiggins out of Clemson, really good too. Probably more of a zone corner. Um, so I don't know. They're gonna. I, I think corner would make a ton of sense to pair somebody on the other side with Jpj. So that's what I've been watching so far. Uh, but yeah, I got to get into the tackles because outside I of think, Mims, I think Mims could make sense. But dude, Cooper DeJean, I feel like it, it, it,
0: it would be good because if we, if we obviously if you're living under a rock, you don't know. But then we'd finally have a white corner on the all white team. The that's yeah that's something that's needed. We don't need to put, make a, a receiver play. On, mm-hmm. on the wrong side of the well, ball. You got, uh,
1: you got what? Riley Moss, who was a mid round pick of the Broncos last year. I don't think he really played for them this year, though. But also, he wasn't he's an Iowa guy. So, can we th- post or
0: yeah, post uh, Vietnam, has there ever been a white corner in the first round? If we're just being honest,
1: what round was Seahorn taken in? I don't Jason know. Seahorn.
0: I don't know. That's a good question. Seahorn. What the heck? Why did my computer just not... Jason Seahorn. Let's draft in the second round. Pick 59.
1: Yeah, so I don't think... There's so. some
0: smoke there. There's some smoke there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he's a good think... player.
0: He's a good player. He is a good player. I think he's a really good player. I think I think he would make a lot of sense. I think taking another corner the, t- the two the two picks that they picked in their their with their first two picks last year, I think you should make an argument that they sh- those should also be like considered for their first pick next year like corner <laughs> yeah. and tackle I think that you could see both going either way because when you look yeah. at a lot of the other other positions and in terms of like positions of need and who they would take that early like there's no linebacker that they would take that early um mm-hmm. there's i don't I, I don't envision them taking a defensive lineman that early they're not going to take an edge that early offensive guys as far as like running back receiver tight end they're pretty much covered as far as guys they could bring into that position so i think that you're really looking at corner and tackle again the only kind of uh sexier pick that i would say is would be more interesting that would definitely make Throw a wrinkle into next year is like if they actually thought about taking a quarterback again. Like if 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 Michael Penix is sitting yeah. there at twenty, do you like consider taking Michael Penix? If Bo Nix is uh, sitting there at twenty, do you consider taking him there? I'm not saying that you want him, but I'm just saying yeah. like the Steelers. Yeah. I feel like there's nothing off of the board when it comes to like them taking a quarterback, as far as what round they take one in because of the play they got from Kenny Pickett. I I feel like there should no be no safety guards for this pick. If you want to take a quarterback and you, they believe in that guy, I feel like they should take a quarterback.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Um, a a quarterback at pick 20. (laughs) When's the last time they did that? Oh, two years ago with Kenny Pickett. Um, Ross wants to know who we think for offensive coordinator um, or who do we want? I guess I, I think this is who do we want? Let me see what the wording of this exactly was. If you had to pick the next who, OC, who are you picking? So yeah, it's a one. Um, I've been a Shane Waldron. I've been a Shane Waldron guy for a while. Uh, he, is not going to be retained in Seattle with a moving on from Pete Carroll, but that offense at the very worst was average. And you look at what those offenses were, what he's gotten out of Geno Smith. Um, definitely the case there to be made. I wanted him when we brought in where, when we promoted Matt Canada. I wanted either Shane Waldron or Pep Hamilton. Uh, we got neither. So, uh, but Shane Waldron would definitely be a guy that I look at. Um The other name that I thought of, and honestly, this one I just k- kind of recently dug into because I didn't know who he was. And I saw that he was getting um, some uh, some interviews uh, elsewhere is uh, who the Saints just hired. Who? Uh, what's his name? The quarterback coach for the Bengals. Uh, dang, he just interviewed with the uh, with the Saints. Dan today. Pitcher? Yes, Dan Pitcher. Um, kind of started to look into him a little bit. Obviously, like the play calling experience would be a question, um, but he would be interesting. I know the like ones that people are going to throw out there, right? Like Eric Bieniemy, because obviously Washington's going a different direction. Is he a part of their plans? Uh, I don't know that I'm necessarily super on board with that, but I could see it being that I could definitely see it happening. I could see Tomlin being a guy that would bring him in and give him an opportunity for sure. If nobody else were, Alex Van Pelt, who was just let go in Cleveland. I, I wouldn't rule it out. Obviously, he has the ties. He's a Pittsburgh guy. Played quarterback at Pitt. Um, but, yeah, if I had one top choice, it's, it's Shane Waldron.
0: I'm happy my guy is not one that you named. Um, mine is Zach Robinson from the L.A. Rams. He's their quarterback's coach. slash Another guy coordinator. just
1: interviewed with the Saints, I believe.
0: <laughs> he did. Um, I, I think that in what you want in a coordinator, he would provide a lot of the things that you were hoping to, that – um a guy like matt canada could have done because i feel like a lot of people were expecting matt canada because he was a quarterbacks coach to be able to develop kenny pickett more um and zach robinson played quarterback at oklahoma state he played in the nfl a little bit he has been he i mean he's been multiple positions on the rams but he's pretty much been on the rams the whole time at, at various positions whether it's wide receiver coach quarterback coach but he is the current quarterback coach and passing game coordinator and Obviously, it's 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 Sean McVay. So, as a pa- when you have a title of passing game coordinator, like how much do you actually contribute in that role? But I feel like it has to be a, a decent amount that's for them to give him that role. And I look at the type of offense, especially the passing attack that the Rams offense has. I mean, look at what rookie Puka did this year within that offense. Um, I feel mm-hmm. like he'd be able to bring the best out of the passing attack. And I feel like as someone who has played that position. And has coached that position and has coached it at a good level. I mean, like, I I feel like Matt Stafford over the past couple of years, like no one's really complaining. And obviously, Matt Stafford, you're talking about like a Hall of Fame quarterback. Um, so how much does he actually need to be coached? But there's been no there's been no slump in Stafford's play, really, from going from Detroit to there. So I feel like that's um something that I would look at is someone who can also obviously you want a quarterback's coach and you're not going to bring him in to be the quarterback's coach, but you need your offensive coordinator to connect with your starting quarterback. I look at what Kenny Pickett was able to do when he had that connection with Mark Whipple at Pitt. Those two were very close for several years and that got them to that point for Kenny Pickett senior year to have as well the year that he did. If you want to get back to that version of Kenny Pickett, I feel like having an offensive coordinator that can bring that out of him is something that could be good.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting thought for sure, too. They, it needs to be about the quarterback, in my opinion. Whether it is Kenny Pickett or in the off chance they go a different direction, whoever the next offensive coordinator is definitely has to be about getting the most out of the quarterback. Uh, John the enemy brings says, in Sam Howell.
0: I said the enemy brings in Sam Howell.
1: No, I heard you. I, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, John says, what assistants get replaced? Well, um kind of touched on this i think it's pretty much wholesale on the offensive side other than eddie faulkner i think stays and alfredo is kind of up in the air for me but i'll say he stays i'll be conservative with it so to me wide receivers offensive line and quarterbacks so at least three of their position coaches on offense i think they replaced.
0: yeah i was gonna say you can basically split the team in half offense defense draw a line down the middle if you're on this half of the line oh yeah i wasn't even
1: thinking about the def- the defense is interesting um, I mean, they're doing the linebackers were so decimated. I don't know that they're going to hold that against the the coaches like uh Aaron Curry or anything like that. Um, yeah, I don't know that there is one on defense that I would say. I will say, like in my opinion, Terrell Austin should probably be on the hot seat. I just I don't think that they're going to hire a new coordinator on both sides. Um, with all the injuries that did take place, I think that he's got a little bit longer of a leash there. So. Yeah, I think defense is pretty safe. I'll say three of the three on the offense.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, the only, my mind only goes to secondary when it comes to defense. But even when it goes to secondary, like, how much is it actually on the coaching staff for having a slow Patrick Peterson, like slow players Gr- in your secondary? Yeah, Grady,
1: Grady Brown's their secondary's coach, and he's pretty highly yeah. viewed. Like, he's, I think he's doing something at the senior bowl or something like that. Or he actually, it might have been last year that he did every year runs together now but he's pretty highly viewed like outside of the steelers organization as well i I, yeah i don't think they'll move on yeah um kyle says do we need to bring in fields cousins etc or do the steelers stick it out one more year with rudolph slash Pickett?" your opinions on immediate needs to improve the roster so the way that this is worded is interesting because if it's what I would do, I would definitely be looking to upgrade. What I think happens is they run it back Um, with Pickett. That is now again, I, I Rudolph could be the veteran in the room. I think it's more dependent on what the offensive coordinator is looking for than anything else as to if he will be. I don't think that you build the quarterback room and then say, Hey, offensive coordinator, this is your quarterback room. I think you bring in the offensive coordinator and see what he wants from the quarterback room. Um, so to me, uh, I, I think they run it back with Pickett. I don't think that the the two options that you threw out, specifically Fields or Cousins, are going to be super in play and et cetera. Uh, like, I think that they'll draft a quarterback. I just don't think it's going to be like any threat to Pickett's job immediately. Uh, your opinions on immediate needs to improve the roster. Uh, center, for sure. I think that they're going to draft a center oh. within the first couple rounds um mason's cold has played
0: his last game in pittsburgh right I mean, that guy stunk
1: yeah it's interesting because he's got like the guard flexibility to like i could and and they appreciate him for the leadership aspect always wanted to talk to the media i wouldn't surprise me if he's a backup next year but i think that he's no longer going to be the starting center um still need another tackle still need a corner opposite joey uh the safety is interesting but it's a really good free agent safety class like that's the one area of free agency that i think is pretty strong so i don't think you need to go the draft route there um because they're gonna have other needs that they would like i just mentioned like i think you got a draft corner uh and center for sure tackle like you can't improve it all in the draft obviously but those are three areas that I look at immediately. Uh, wide receiver, I think you need a third wide receiver. Not only that, but Deontay's going into the last year of his contract, so that's like an immediate and future thing there. Um, and then, you know, off-ball linebacker could be an addition as well. It depends on, like, you don't know how they're going to recover from injuries, the guys that you lost. Cole Holcomb, Quan Alexander. And Quan's not even guaranteed to be back. He's a free agent, but if they want to bring him back. So... uh they cover it all defensive line i guess if if camera ties like half the team yeah i mean they have a lot of needs like whether it's immediate like as a starter or a, a depth need part of a rotation like there's this this roster is far from being complete that it is um what sticks out to you Media. I mean, I mentioned pretty much every position, but like, how would you prioritize them I mean, at the top?
0: I honestly, I would look at. To me, my mind goes to secondary first. I think okay. you have obviously Joey Porter Jr. is the future of your secondary, but I just I saw them get exposed a lot this year um, for inefficiencies especially like speed. I th- I think you need another boundary corner that um, you can rely on and then I would also look at center clearly I think the the, the center play was very bad we, we talked about it a lot this year and those are but those are mainly like starting positions and obviously quarterback is one where that's like a, a no-brainer like obviously you're gonna address quarterback but to what capacity I don't think they're gonna t- they take a a chance on someone like cousins or trade for fields or whatever people scenarios people want to throw out there. I don't think that's going to happen. I'd be intrigued by something like that happening, but I just don't think that's going to happen. That's not the way that the Steelers kind of go with those sort of things. Um, linebacker is one where I think that they could improve, but improve is not necessarily like finding a starter, but it also depends on, like you mentioned, like how are those guys going to come back from injury? Is Quan Alexander going to be resigned? Um, it's there there's there's definitely positions but i feel like honestly a lot of the things that i would look at is more depth issues for the steelers that were exposed this year not necessarily starters but as far as starters go i think they need to get at least another starter in the secondary i think they need to get a starting center um and then the rest is really just depth from there
1: um, and then, I mean, we've, we've already touched on this, but at the risk of not leaving anybody out, uh, Willie said honest prediction of what the Steelers would, can do at quarterback. Um, yeah, you know what what's interesting about this that isn't worded the same way as what they can do, right? Like, because they're going to be up, at, up against it cap-wise. I know that they, they can create space. They can be like $40 million under with some restructures and obvious cuts and stuff like that. But even in that scenario, if you're talking about bringing in Cousins or something for thirty $35 million, like <laughs> that can't happen really without some other moves being made. Um, that's I, I think they pretty much, like, Kenny Pickett to me is the 2024 day one starter until he's not. Just trade for the number one.
0: That'll solve all your problems. There you go. Trade for the number one and draft your wide contract.
1: Oh, okay. (laughs) There we go. So it still is.
0: I said. I said take the best player in the draft, not the not the best quarterback.
1: Mm Hmm. That is true.
0: For just being honest, you might. I don't know if you disagree with that. I think Marvin Harrison is better than is like the best prospect in the draft.
1: Yeah, he's definitely, like, the cleanest. Like, there's nothing that he doesn't do very well. Like, you can... There's there's knocks on pretty much everybody else.
0: Yeah, you know what but, Caleb Williams doesn't do very well? Beat Utah. Freaking
1: bum. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm interested to see how the discourse goes between him and Drake May as we get closer to the draft itself. But... um.
0: I'm curious as a Steelers fan that doesn't have to worry, but obviously we have our own quarterback issues, but I'm curious to see what the Bears end up doing. I mean, I know what keeping, I would do.
1: Keeping fields or taking one of the two in the draft. What would you, what would you, I know this isn't a Bears podcast, but before we get out of here, what would you do?
0: Man, I've thought about this. Like if, if, if the Steelers were in this scenario, Mm-hmm. I'd probably move on from Williams and, or move on from Fields and take one of the quarterbacks. Same. But...
1: And I look at it, if the Steelers had gotten what they've gotten or what the Chicago has gotten from Justin Fields through three seasons and were in this position where they had the number one overall pick and you have these quarterback prospects coming out and they didn't take them to keep Justin Fields, I'd be pissed not only because of what I think that you are getting in terms of the upgrade at the player, but you're resetting the rookie contract as well. Like once mm-hmm. again, you're, you're getting a guy that's in the very first year of a rookie deal where you have control of him for potentially up to five years at a very low number comparatively to other quarterbacks. So uh, for me, it's, it's, I, I wouldn't say a no brainer cause I, I get the, the point of wanting to keep Fields and pairing like a Marvin Harrison Jr. or if if your idea would be to not take a quarterback, you should probably trade out of that pick.
0: Well, that's the thing. You probably also have to offset that by weighing your options as to we could take Williams or May or I mean, let's be honest, they would take Williams. They 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 would take Williams. They could take Williams or what are you going to get if you trade that pick? Mm-hmm. But the the problem is like anybody you don't want to down too far. Eddie, well, you don't want to trade down too far. And Chicago holds all the cards in this scenario because everybody knows who you're taking if they trade up for one. Like every single person knows, whether, honestly, whether it's Caleb Williams or Drake, they know you're taking a quarterback. So mm-hmm. they can basically charge what, the, like the max amount they can because they know what position you're taking.
1: Yeah. At the same time, it's like, I don't know if we're talking, like, three, pl- three firsts is the most he can trade in a row, at least. Um, Just because I don't think that they would want to move back far enough to get, like, that much more. Like, if they were willing to go outside of the top five, yeah, the return could be absolutely stupid, like something unprecedented. Like, much more probably than they just got from Carolina. But because I think they want to stay within the top five, It'd probably be like two first, two seconds, maybe something else.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It'd be nuts.
1: Um, but anyway, not a bear's podcast. Just wanted to to bring that up. Um, anything else that you wanted to touch on?
0: Not really. Okay. We have thirty three weeks till yeah. our next episode after a Steelers game. Very not true. not including preseason I'm just, I'm we'll just still talking. have
1: yeah we'll still have Steelers content they're an easy team to talk about unlike the Pirates um plus I'm sure we're gonna have what, what a ricochet re-
0: shot for the Pirates <laughs>
1: <laughs> especially because it's like right after the season ends like we're gonna have things to talk about that come out news wise within the next week uh as the season wraps up so um Check out the links that are in the description of the show, wherever you're watching or listening. Everything Custom Designs, our friend Haley Wagner's small business. I've gotten some shirts from her. Tyler's mom has gotten some shirts from her. She has custom t-shirts, hoodies, a bunch of different clothing, just not hats. Um, So hit her up and she can get you some custom shirts, t-shirts, hoodies, whatever it might be. Um, Everything Custom Designs, Facebook and Etsy link, both those in the description like subscribe to that notification bell here hit us in the comments with anything that we talked about any questions for the show going forward leave us a five-star review apple spotify wherever you're listening to the podcast at I'm tyler for smitty this has been the around the four and two steelers show pop up right now another video is showing on your screen and we'll see you next week Bye bye <laughs>